Well, hello, and welcome back to the podcast, Sorry, Right Number. As always, I'm your host, Nick, and with me is the insatiable Danny. And if it doesn't work this time, we're probably going to stab somebody. Yes. Take 56. Let's do it. So, we were going to talk about 80s horror movies. Oh, yeah. Some of the lesser known ones, some of the... Hidden gems, if you will. Yes, and we were going to start out with Night of the Demons. Ooh. So Night of the Demons starts out on Halloween night with a bunch of the high schooler kids wanting to go party down at the local haunted house. Urban legend states that the owner and family were all murdered by a relative gone insane and the land is now cursed. It's really cool because as the kids pull up to the property, it's actually surrounded by a huge wall. It looks really cool because you have like this creepy old house in the background. I'm pretty sure they like, it looked like they had painted it, like it was a painted background, I'm pretty sure. It's really interesting because the wall surrounding the property is actually built over an underground stream to keep the evil in. I don't know if that's kind of like vampires or there's some kind of lore that demons don't know how to swim. But yeah, if if you've seen any of the Dracula Hammer films or anything with water, you know. <laughs> I'm not sure if demons um, have an issue with running water. I think they got the war a little mixed up. But you know, it's the 80s. Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? <laughs> People are getting stabbed. That's what we care about. <laughs> That's what you care about, listeners. Oh yeah. The bloodlust. <laughs> but these kids decide to have a party and throw a seance where they look into a mirror to see what they look like when they're older. And one of the girls actually looks in and sees herself dead. And that's when she starts freaking out. The mirror falls over, breaks into a million pieces, and she freaks out and she looks to the random token black guy in the film and it's like, let's get out of here! It's like the one horror film where they're nice enough not to kill the black guy within five seconds. <laughs> well, one of the party goers actually gets infected by an entity and starts picking off the other kids one by one. And there's some pretty freaky scenes of all these people dying. It's pretty imaginative, I will say that. And the effects are really awesome. Like I said, like most of these, the practical effects are pretty awesome. The makeup is really great. And there's a super weird lipstick scene. So you've been warned. Yes, yes, you've been warned. It's <laughs> it, it's, it's good. You gotta go watch it. But uh, up next, we have Motel Hell. Ooh. So basically, it's about a guy who, in crazy different ways, waylays people on the road and uses them as meat. And it starts out with the this couple who's on a motorcycle and Vincent, who runs the motel, runs out into the woods and just shoots out their tire. And he takes the guy to an unknown location, but he sees the girl's got a purdy mouth, so he decides to take her into the motel and tell her that they had been in a horrible accident and the other guy was dead and he had to bury him. And she's like, why, why did you randomly bury this guy? Because he got a purdy mouth. Yeah, he got a purdy mouth. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that is the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, he she freaks out because he just, like, randomly buried this person. But then the sheriff's like, oh, no, that's super normal. We do that kind of stuff here all the time. And so they're like, okay. And you kind of find out later on that he has this secret garden that's kind of hidden away where he has these people buried up to their heads. and With all their vocal cords cut. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's super dedicated. <laughs> they explained how they were able to do it, but at the same time, you're like, oh. It's a little, it's a little extra in some places. <laughs> yeah, and it's kind of weird because you have this one scene where he, 
It's funny because he's like trying to capture people in different ways. And at one point he has like these cardboard cut out cows. <laughs> and yes. <laughs> these two girls stop and they're like, what's that? But uh, y- y- you'll have to. You have to watch it just <laughs> for that watch. scene. And it has one of the most epic chainsaw battles of all time. Like when you went to see the second Texas Chainsaw movie. That was pretty cool, but this is kind of more of what you actually wanted. It is an awesome chainsaw fight. Did you ever want to see a chainsaw fight between two grown men, one wearing a pig's head? Yeah, one wearing a pig's head. <laughs> then you're in luck. <laughs> that moment, you, you know, like when you're like want to be frightened, but you see something that's just so absurd that instead of being frightened, you're just like, what is that? <laughs> you just start laughing because you're like, that that man is chainsaw fighting in a pig laugh. head. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yes, you definitely have to check that out, at least for the chainsaw battle. But what is next on our list? We up next have... We up next. <laughs> we up we next. up next, girl. <laughs> We have next. What is up next, girl? We have Pumpkinhead, starring the ever epic Lance Hendrickson, fresh from Aliens. Aliens. Oh yeah, and Stan Winston, who rocked this fucker hard. Oh yeah, he did. You can tell he's just like fresh off Aliens, doing his awesome makeup stuff. He's written an epic script. Okay, it's a pretty good script. I'm not. Gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna oversell it. I'm not going to oversell this. <laughs> but you can tell that... You can definitely see the influence, especially in um, the monster effects, which Yeah, we'll he looks into. very much like the alien, yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> um, well, it opens up with this family boarding up their house to hide away from something that's coming. It's coming in the woods. Yeah, it's super creepy. It's night. It's all foggy. It's in the middle of the woods where everybody's got a purdy mouth. Everybody's got a purdy mouth. <laughs> everybody's got a purdy mouth. You got a purdy mouth. I got a purdy mouth. We all... <laughs> got a party mouth <laughs> but, <laughs> but you have young ed played by lance hendrickson who sees the monster outside kill this man who they refuse to let into their house he's like banging he's like help me and they're like nah we're not dealing with this shit and right then ed looks out the window and he's like oh crap what's happening and that's right when he sees the creature kill this guy and then it kicks up about what is it 20 years later it's gotta be at least 20 years later he has a roadside store um he decides to go run an errand leaving his young son behind in the store as a bunch of teenagers from the city riding dirt bikes city boys city boys they don't see his son and they accidentally run over um run over him killing him and ed finding his son dead goes to one of those local redneck families to find that witch because he's super pissed off at these teenagers and yeah he hears that there's this witch you know who had created the original creature and he's like He's like, she's got to be able to do something. So he goes to see her, hoping she can, like, bring his boy back. And she's like, mm-mm, I can't do that. And he's like, what do you want? And he's like, I want vengeance. And you're like, yeah, he's going to get some vengeance, all right. And so she sends him, like, deep into the woods to dig up this pumpkin head. And it's really creepy because he's up on this almost, like, plateau kind of situation. It's like this raised mound. Yeah, right in the middle of this cemetery where they bury their shamed dead. And so he's digging and there's all these dead pumpkins all around and he brings up the creature, which the witch actually, which the witch, um, <laughs> she brings the uh, him back to life. Which witch? This Wh- is not a product placement. Please do not. I think it's also. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, she brings the creature back to life to kill all the people who took his boy from him. 
But he, as this monster starts killing all these kids, Lance Hendrickson starts to get all these flashes, and he realizes pretty quick, this is not what I want. You know, he it's kind of like he, he turns a blind eye, but then he realizes the payment is he has to see what this creature does to these people. And he realizes he fucked up, and he's like, oh, I, I have to take care of this. And you're going to have to watch the rest yourself. Oh, yeah. But it's worth it, definitely. One of the scariest ones on this list. But up next we have From Beyond. Now, From Beyond was actually a... From Bed Bath and Beyond? <laughs> no. It is from... You're just so proud of yourself for that one. Y'all can't see it, but there's definitely <laughs> the some finger, finger guns. guns. <laughs> this is actually a... This is actually a short story done by H.P. Lovecraft that they've adapted, which has the impeccable Jeffrey Combs, which I'm pretty sure that's half of what he did in the 80s was H.P. Lovecraft <laughs> film adaptions. But it starts off with this machine that was created by Dr. Pretorius. Dr. Pretentious. Got yeah, it. He has created this resonator, which this resonator allows people to, people who are within close proximity to the machine, say that three times fast, bitches, they are able to see beyond our perception of reality. And it also makes them super horny because it messes with their pineal gland, which apparently gets them where they need to go. Oh, yeah. Well, Dr. Crawford Tillinghast assists Dr. Who's like, I don't know if he's like a professor. Or... He's so Dr. Do- professor. Dr. Professor. <laughs> professor. Whoa, Fester's in this. <laughs> well, actually, he does go bald. So he could be Fester. So Dr. Fester and Dr. Pretentious are able to get it working. But he's attacked from one of the creatures from beyond. Yes, because he refuses to turn it off because Dr. Pretentious just likes being horny too much. And yeah, he gets his head bit off. So he gets his head bit off and all this crazy stuff happens in the house. And so the police come in and they're like, what the hell is going on? And they see Dr. Professor with a axe in his hand and they're like, yeah, you're coming with us. So he's locked away in this asylum and therapist Hottie, as we're going to call her, decides that she believes he's telling the truth because she looked at his x-rays and his pineal gland was off the charts. He's super horny. We must help him. (laughs) So she decides the only way to prove that he's a good guy is to take him back. And I won't go too far into it, but people get super horny. Things get real. There's some BDSM. It's got Ken Forey in it being awesome. Way before he did Devil's Rejects. And his acting is always awesome. So if nothing else, you should go see it for him because he's pretty awesome. But what do we have next on our list of lists? We have the one that Danny refused to watch. The Nest. The Nest. (laughs) So if you're super not into cockroaches, don't go see it. But if if you like some awesome creature features, this one's pretty, pretty up there. Basically, I mean, it starts out right away with this cup of coffee and there's a roach just swimming around in the coffee. So it just kind of hits the ground swimming. Put me off coffee for like a week. <laughs> and that's where I stopped that's watching. And it's on this small island where you kind of find out that the mayor has created this scheme with this company called Intech to breed these like super cockroaches that are supposed to kill regular cockroaches. But basically all they do is make these things like near immune to anything and they can just kill people. And basically when they kill people, they get like traces of their DNA and you get some pretty interesting like cockroach cat hybrids we got cockamouses if you're into how i met your mother if you want to know (laughs) yes if you want to know what a cockamouse looks like you're gonna go see the nest (laughs) 
<laughs> my favorite part, though, the one scene that I did actually watch is where the girl at the diner starts killing the cockroaches with all <laughs> yeah. kinds of different methods, like shoving them in a blender or a microwave as they just come pouring out of the wall. She's like using the spatula. She's like drumming on them, trying to kill them all. Throwing them in the toaster. Oh, it's so great. And the effects on the actual main kind of monster this huge like cockroach human hybrid is awesome but there were some pretty bad effects too (laughs) like you could tell they just took some cockroaches at different points just threw them on a lady and were like you're scared go with it and you can tell screaming you can tell she had just come in she's like oh what's this movie for what's the nest oh god (laughs) (laughs) they're like we're gonna douse you in cockroaches start screaming you've been warned but if you like creature features if you're not squeamish yeah you should go check it out then up next on the list, we have Night, Night of the, of the Comet. Comet. Now, this is probably my favorite. It's a close first tie with it's, Night it's of the It's very 80s. I could just like the ones that start with Night of. Night of the Demons. Night of the Demons. Night of the Comet. Night of the Living Dead. <laughs> you name it. I like those nights. Um, so Night of the Comet was actually one of the inspirations for Buffy. So it starts out with this news report of a comet that's going to be coming by Earth. And Earth is actually going to be passing right through the tail of the comet. And you find out that 65 million years ago is when this actually came by the first time and coincidingly killed the dinosaurs. You know, it's a complete coincidence. Totally a coincidence. But it's really cool because as it passes through, um, this really cool reddish haze effect kind of goes over the sky. And, uh, you know, accidentally turns everyone into red dust. Yes, and the lucky survivor kind of stumble out in the morning and like where is everybody and all of a sudden you see the people who maybe weren't as affected yeah were turned into kind of like these zombies but it's really interesting because they're kind of zombie like but they can still talk it's kind of like return of the living dead but it was actually made first so So it's one of the earliest films of zombies actually talking which obviously is not very common so we have our first girl friday uh reggie that finds some of the people that have been turned into zombies um, on her way home from her job at the movie theater. And as she goes home, she finds her sister had survived as well. Well, um, the two sisters, they find out what's going on and they hear something over the radio. They decide to go to the station and they find that what they were hearing was actually just a recording. When they go to the station, they actually find someone else that also was drawn there by the sound of the radio station. As they're uh, exploring, they accidentally start to broadcast over the radio and they get a brief message from a hidden science base. And the science base is just like, watch out. There's all these freaky creatures. And then it quickly hangs up. And then that's when the girls are like, well, shoot, I don't know what we're going to do. And they meet this other guy named Hector. Hunky Hector. Hunky Hector. Yes. Oh, yeah. He decides (laughs) to go find his family and the girls decide to go shopping. shopping. As you know, you do in a zombie apocalypse. That's cool. Whatever. When you're these girls. (laughs) Well, as they go shopping in the local mall, they accidentally get into the most hilarious firefight with some local zombie stock boys. Yeah, and it's just super hilarious because you have like the main combat zombie leader just kind of like announcing things over the intercom, just like price check in aisle three where you're fixing to be dead. It's the funniest thing. While the younger girl, the younger sister Sam starts throwing shoes to distract them during the fight. (laughs) But they get taken prisoner by the zombie stock boys and they get to play a fun little game called Scary Noises. It's basically Russian roulette and the scary noises at the end. But they get rescued by the scientists. 
But when the scientists decide to take them back to the hidden base, they take back Reggie, but they won't take back Sam. Yeah, because she's got this rash, and they think the rash is from the infection spreading, and that Sam's turning into one of the zombies already. So they're like, stay back here with her and take care of her. Which is when you find that the one of the scientists who actually called them from the base decides she doesn't want to kill her, so she kills this other scientist and saves Sam. But then she lets them know that, oh, I've been infected, I'm screwed. So she decides to kill herself, and as she's dying, Hector comes back, and she tells him everything, and he decides, I'm gonna go find them at this base. So him and Sam go to the base to save Reggie. And... That's where you're going to have to find out for yourself. At this point, they're just like, fuck you. (laughs) They're like, man, quit teasing us. Well, we're going to tease you some more. What's up next, Nick? The burning. This was definitely one of those. It it was high on that, like, right at 1980s. Friday the 13th had come out. Everybody decided we're going to make a camp horror movie. That quintessential summer camp horror slasher film. It's great. It was actually one of the first films ever released by Miramax. And it had practical effects by the wonderful and amazing Tom Savini. Yeah, I'm not sure if he was right off of his uh, Friday the 13th role, but... Yeah, I mean, he did the effects for them, and now he's doing them over here, so... He was like, oh, you want camp horror film? I got you. Yeah, he's an expert of doing... (laughs) Yeah, he's still got the props from Friday the 13th. He's like, I can make a movie for you. (laughs) You want it? I got it. It starts out at Camp Blackfoot, where a group of teenagers decide to play a little practical joke on the... I don't know if he's just like the camp legend, but it's Cropsy. But you have no idea if Cropsy is just a hermit or if he's like the local groundskeeper, but they decide they're going to play a little trick on Cropsy. So you see one of them sneak in and he puts something down, but you have no idea what he put down. And then he sneaks back out and then you see it start to kind of build as they start tapping on the glass outside and you just see him kind of like rocking back and forth and they just like are going into a frenzy, just pounding onto this window until all of a sudden he wakes up and bam. That's when he looks over over and sees that they have placed a real-life skull next to his bed with candles in the eyes and it's covered in bugs and worms. Yeah, he he, freaks out. So he freaks out and knocks it over and catches the bed on fire and himself. It kind of cuts to a while later. He's in the hospital. He's completely covered in burns and just by like, I don't know if it's like sheer will, he just like drags himself out and he goes back to the camp to have a little fun. But this one's pretty good because, first off, it has some pretty huge names in it. It happened to be the film debut for Jason Alexander, which is amazing because if you want to see George from Seinfeld with hair, able to talk to women, and pretty damn good at it, you should watch this just because it's amazing just to see the anti-George. And it also features Fisher Stevens and a very young Holly Hunter. A very young Holly Hunter. I believe it was both of their film debuts as well. And you can tell she's super young. But it's pretty great because it kind of has this buildup as it goes, which is super creepy because it just kind of keeps building up and you're not sure what's going to happen. It's one of those movies that does a really good job of just building and building and you're just getting super anxious just waiting for what's going to happen. So, I mean, at least that is really good. Like I said, it has some downsides by, yeah, it's kind of one of those 
horror movies. It's like, yes, I've seen this horror movie, but it was one of the earlier ones that did a really good job. It actually, uh, it actually, random fact, it screwed over uh, Madman, which was actually going to do... Legend of Cropsy. Yeah, the same Legend of Cropsy. They found out from one of the other actors who was working on the burning at the time and they were like well shoot we have to completely change everything now but yeah it just kind of screwed them over but yeah you should check it out like i said don't have super huge expectations but it is still a pretty darn good movie it's still worth watching if you have the time yeah now last but certainly not least oh certainly not we have Legend of Hell House. Yes, and this was one of the creepiest that we came across. Hands down, one of the scariest movies on the list. It's not going to have as many jump scares, but it does a really good job of making you feel uneasy. Even after you've watched it, you still kind of feel kind of creeped out. It definitely you feel... raises that tension in your in your back and your shoulders. And like It was one of the ones that actually made me lose a little sleep at night, and that's hard to do. Yeah. <laughs> It's actually based on the book by Richard Matheson. Who also wrote the screenplay. And it's also noted that this is actually a lot tamer because the book was actually way more graphic and way more extreme. They had to cut it down quite a bit because I believe in the UK when it came out, it was actually rated X. But it starts out with a group of investigators who were contracted to investigate Hell House by this aging rich guy, basically. And he wanted to see if there was actually proof of life after death. Another team had actually been sent in before. This was the second team to go in that you find out. The team consists of Dr. Bennett, who is the physicist, who is actually also interested in the paranormal. Parapsychology, if you will. And then you have his wife, who refuses to not go with him. Next, you have the spiritualist mental medium, Florence, and the physical mental medium, Benjamin. Benjamin. Making those Benjamins. Basically, you find out that each of them is going to be paid a million dollars to investigate this by this rich dude. And as they start going into this house, you kind of get the jest that this is kind of the Mount Everest of haunted houses. And as they're kind of going through it, you find that the house was owned by a Emmerich Belasco. The six foot five millionaire who supposedly hosted many nights of debauchery mm. and is also a supposed murderer. He uh, disappeared shortly after a massacre in his home. It's super creepy and they do a really good job because they actually got a actual clairvoyant medium, Tom Corbett, who at the beginning, it actually says that he is the clairvoyant and psychic consultant to European royalty. Ooh. So uh, I the real find OG. Out. <laughs> he had written a book. I couldn't find out too much about him, but it's super interesting. I mean, if he is, he is obviously real. And the fact that there isn't a lot about him gives him, at least to me, a little more credit because he doesn't seem kind of like a shysty guy. But it really helps with this movie because everything seems, they do a really good job of making all the manifestations seem very real. And it's super creepy because... It's kind of like the house uses people's weaknesses against them. Like you have the doctor's wife who it kind of uses her desires and she just gets frankly super horny and super creepy and super rapey. I, I think they actually, that's the part they probably toned down. But at one point, she really wants to do it with this physical medium, and it is super creepy. Like, she gets all up in his biz. Yeah, they did a they did a really good job without being freaky. There's also a, another scene 
with the mental medium, the spiritualist, where she really wants to cleanse the house. And the ghost kind of lies to her and is like, oh, the only way I can get out of here is if I'm with a woman. And so she's trying to do this noble thing of giving her body over to him. And basically he gets, the ghost gets super rapey, which if you've seen Scary Movie 2, yeah, that's what they were, (laughs) that's what they were making fun of there. But this one did a really good job because the whole way through, you're not sure what's happening. It does a really good job of pitting these people against each other so you're not sure if somebody's messing with somebody else and everybody's just super suspicious of one another. You have the doctor who he doesn't think that the mediums are helping at all. They're just a whole bunch of hogwash. Yeah and he thinks oh it's just this energy in the house and once I clear the energy everything will be fine and we'll get out of here but as we find out that might not be the case. But it looks like you're gonna just have to wait and find out. Yes and I would highly recommend and this one definitely over the rest. You should watch all of them. They're all amazing, but The Legend of Hell House is definitely one of the best, and you should definitely read the book, but I am warning you, it's a—it's definitely pretty extreme. There's a lot of rapiness going on. Yeah. Some rape vibes. <laughs> yeah, but... some definite rape <laughs> vibes. But uh, yeah, you should definitely go check that out. Maybe not The Nest. Um, like I said, if you're into super creature features, go watch it. It's pretty good. Has a sheriff trying to get with the mayor's daughter. Pretty awesome. There's some La Cucaracha <laughs> playing in the background, but it's great. So that's our show. But as always, you can follow us on Instagram at SorryWritNumber or email us at SorryWritNumberPodcast at gmail.com and let us know what you want to hear. We're also on Facebook at SorryWritNumber. Thanks so much. I'm Nick. And again, I'm Danny. Thanks for listening.